Hi, I'm Morgan Destera, and welcome to Mature Mama Milfcast. Do you like monsters? Aliens. Big, huge animal dicks. You want to have sex with a fantasy creature like a centaur or a unicorn? Then go to BigShock.com. This is the home of very fantastical, huge monster, alien, animal dildos in all sorts of colors, sizes, shapes. This is a rival to that unnamed flying lizard company, but cheaper and just as realistic. We're talking huge. We're talking powerful. We're talking fucking machines and dildos of size and shapes that you could not imagine. We're talking thrusting dildos. We're talking colors, sizes, shapes, names. You name it, it's there for a fantasy dildo. So please go to bigshocked.com, B-I-G-S-H-O-C-K-E-D.com. Use promo code DESTERA, D-E-S-T-E-R-A, to save some money, and they'll help me out too. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the MILFcast. It is a very snowy Thursday here, and we are in the middle of a winter weather storm. We already have about seven inches on the ground, and we have another five to eight probably going to fall overnight. Yeah, I wish I had seven inches right now. Ha, ha, ha. But, yeah, there's not much going on here at the Northcast. I'm kind of bunkered down in my place here with my pupper, and we're just waiting the storm out. A couple days ago, I had a friend come, and we went and to see a great show called Hamilton about an hour away because I live in the middle of nowhere and nothing good ever comes here so we had to travel a little bit but it was well worth the show and if you guys like plays and theater it's a definite recommendation I will be going to see a few more plays this year so I might mention them in passing because I've decided that if there's something I want to go and do, I'm going to go and do it now because with my health issues, you never know what's going to happen. So I don't want to call it a bucket list, but I'm going to just go for what I want. And that means my guy better watch out because I really want him. <laughs> and hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to see each other later this month. Most of it is just weather related that, you know, is the big hold up. Because I have to drive quite a ways to get there. And I don't really want to fly because I have a lot of stuff that I carry with me. Can you imagine what I carry with me? That's right, my bag of sex toys. And really it's more of a bin of sex toys at this point. And I can't take that with me, or at least all of them with me, when I fly. And I would much rather have a car handy if I'm going to go because... He will work a few nights, so he's going to be 
at work and I'll be by myself for a while. So if I want to go do something, I don't want to have to do an Uber or something. I'd rather have a car at my at my disposal. And I don't want to rent a car if I'm just going from the airport to hotel. So anyways, that's a big expense. So anyways, topic this week. 10 fascinating facts about sexual fetishes. This was an article I just came across a link on um, Facebook of all places. So I thought I'd go through the list and just offer my thoughts on it. It says, fetishism in psychology is a form of sexual deviance. Actually, it's not anymore. There is no DSM on any fetishes anymore. Even sadism and masochism are not um, classified as uh, deviance anymore or any kind of problem like that, but um, is a form of sexual deviance involving erotic attachment to an inanimate object or an ordinarily asexual part of the human body. When it comes to sexual fetishes, many different processes take place inside the brain that triggers the attraction. Most people are obsessed with individual parts of the body, and like the genitals, while non-living objects sexually arouse others. While sexual fetishes are often thought of as taboo, they were once considered mental illnesses. And what is taboo? What is taboo to one person is not taboo to another person. And again, that all comes into societal norms, which I think are a big bunch of bullshit anyways. If you want to walk around naked, walk around naked. And if you don't want to walk around naked, don't walk around naked. You know, don't shame somebody else for what they want to do unless it's really harming somebody else. Okay, the number one fact here. In 2007, which was quite a ways, a long time ago now, the biggest ever study of fetishes found that the foot was way more popular than anything else, accounting for almost half of all fetishes. Now, do they mean half of the people who have fetishes or half of the number of fetishes? Because the second one is not really true. So I'm guessing people who have sexual fetishes. So that would be a fetishist. And yes, feet. I can definitely see, see feet being number one because I get higher ratings on my foot. Um, videos than I do on about anything else and I get more thirst comments and people messaging me about my feet than any other part of my body and of course there are people who have feet related accounts and that's all that they do is show feet content I haven't gotten enough of that yet that I can just do feet but hey if you want to see my feet pay me come on cough it up number two Blood and other bodily fluids come a distant second, while tattoos and piercings were a clear minority, and body odor coming in dead last. I would like to see this entire list of what they consider to be fetishes, because if this is all that there is, you know, that's a very narrow list. Yeah, blood, I'm not a big blood person, but other bodily fluids, yeah, I'll take it, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't like saliva a lot, but hey, guys know I have a pee fetish, so, you know, that's not so bad. Body odor, yeah, I'm not into body odor. But then, 
I don't get a lot of people who have stinky feet, so how can foot fetishes separate the foot from the odor a lot of times? Hmm. Three, the Pavlovian theory. Of course, you remember Pavlov's, Pavlov's dogs. Ring the bell to make them salivate. Researchers in the 1960s showed a group of men images of naked women alongside images of boots, this person said. Eventually, the men became aroused by the images of boots all by themselves. This boot study suggests your brain is capable of forming sexual associations around random objects, even if no arousal impulse was there to begin with. So if you're looking at a picture of boobs and boots at the same time, your brain is going to start associating boots with boobs at all times. So if you're exposed to something repeatedly during times when you're sexually aroused, your brain might come to link that object with sexual desire. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Number four, research has shown sexual pleasure and pain involve the release of many of the same brain chemicals and neurotransmitters such as endorphins and serotonin. Well, duh. These chemicals tie, this, duh, these chemicals, these chemical ties may help form connections for some people that lead to an enjoyment of pain during sex. Yeah, that's why pain and sex are associated with one another anyways. I don't think anybody with half of a brain can argue that. Five. The sensory perception for our feet is located directly adjacent to the sensory perception area for our genitalia. Well, that perfectly explains the normalcy behind foot fetishism. I would like to see this map, too, of the brain to see where all these little uh, sensory glands are that we can kind of link things at. Maybe I'll look that up later tonight. Number six, people who practice BDSM tend to be a higher level of socioeconomic functioning compared to control groups. So if you're rich, you're more likely to be into BDSM. Yeah, if you're rich, that's the only way you can afford to be into BDSM. Have you looked at the prices of these racks and mechanisms and cages and, you know, all these you know, uh, paraphernalia you need to really get into BDSM. Oh, geez, Christian Grey had it right, being a rich BDSM fanatic. But nowadays there are clubs and stuff you can go to, but a lot of these clubs and stuff are very pricey to get into, and you have to be a member to get into to begin with. And so, yeah, I don't know if it's just the money being the trigger of BDSM or the money just being the only way you can actually practice BDSM to a huge method of it. You know, you got, like I said, you got to have the money to get the, the uh, paraphernalia. Number seven, according to the latest version of the Diagnostic and Statistical, Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM-5, your fetishistic sexual urges have to last for at least six months, cause distress or impairment, and not be for something obvious like a vibrator. So I guess in order for it to be considered 
deviant it has to be that much, especially causing impairment. Like, you know, if you walk down the street and see a foot and you, obvious, and you obviously get a boner right away because you see somebody's foot, yeah, that could be a little bit of a distraction. And also, I think, you know, like, you know, if you can't function to the point that all you want to do is just watch porn about this object or foot or whatever it is, you know, and you can't survive in society outside of that. Yeah, that's a problem. But overall, fetishism is not a deviance. Eight, in a study in 1998, wow, how long ago was that? The 1998 study found that foot fetishism in books, poetry, and paintings coincided with each of the four major STD epidemics since the 13th century. Foot porn went through the roof with the arrival of AIDS. I guess they considered that to be more safer to look at feet instead of have unprotected sex. So yeah, I can see that, but it's kind of surprising that this was even through the 13th century. Number nine, if a fetish is problematic, the treatment options boil down to either changing behavior through cognitive behavioral therapy or reducing the sex drive with drugs or hormones. No thanks. I want to keep my sex drive, please. I don't want to just be drooling in a corner, not having any feelings whatsoever. Oh, God. Ten. Sexual fetishes are rarely found in women. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think so. Look at the dildos. Look at the vibrators. Look at all the paraphernalia out there for women. Look at me having, you know, my pee fetish and stuff. I think women just hide it better. So, yeah, um, number 10 is totally out the window. Just go on to Twitter or, you know, Pornhub and all these other places and look up women and sex. Women write the most erotica. Women, you know, I think up till, you know, 1985 or so, there wasn't even a real outlet for women to enjoy sex, you know, with the advent of like Playgirl, which caused such a major disruption that, oh my God, women are looking at men, you know, <laughs> women like to look at naked men, oh my God, what's going to happen to the world? I think from there on, you know, it's becoming a little more evident. So, yeah, there's a lot of women out there with fetishes. I think we just hide it a little more. So, anyways, that's what's going on right now. Snow is falling. Fetishes are forming. I wonder if somebody has a snow fetish. I'm sure there's out somebody out there somewhere pumping a snowbank right now. So, anyways, have a good one, guys and girls. And I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye.